listening to the Retirement Remix Show with financial advisors and hosts Chip Munn, that's me, and John Tate of Signature Wealth Group. Get ready for a bite-sized dose of timely and actionable financial planning and retirement tips alongside remixed retirement stories from real people just like you. Listen in now to be inspired, find direction, and build your own retirement remix. John Tate, what's up, man? Chip Munn, how are you? I was always wondering, is that you playing the drums at the end of the intro there? It is. You know, it's one of those things. They're, they're kind of an electric drum, so I really just kind of play them with my index fingers. But uh, it is me. I don't know how you knew. So many talents, so little time, man. <laughs> so, John, today we're going to jump into something that, you know, it's nice to be able to laugh at the beginning, and, and hopefully we can kind of keep it light. But today we wanted to talk a little bit about dealing with loss. You know, we talked last week about financial loss, but one of the things that's incredibly difficult for any of us to deal with and for us to help clients with is losing a loved one. It's just so many things that can kind of go into that. John, there, I guess, are a couple of different scenarios, right, where you may be having to deal with it. And the first of them is kind of when you see it coming, you know, my dad had pancreatic cancer. So the experience that we had was that we did have some time. What's the difference with helping clients with dealing with loss and getting things straight when we do know that there's time versus kind of other scenarios? Obviously, when you do know, it gives you more time to get things done. It's not as much of a pure and utter shock of the moment. My dad was sick for about seven years before he passed away. And so that gave him time to figure out how he wanted to sell his business, who he wanted to sell it to, gave him time to get everything in place, get all the estate documents in place, everything, all the things we always talk about with our clients, you know, creating a will, a living will and a POA, done, check mark, research existing life insurance policies and long-term care. He was able to do that. He figured out what the budget was. He and my stepmother worked together to figure out what the spending was going to look like while he was there and when he was gone. They got the opportunity to go through all the Facebook accounts, the Twitter accounts, the online social media stuff and get all the accounts and passwords in one place. And then, you know, obviously the emergency contacts. And that is something that obviously there's a lot of preparation that goes into someone moving on and leaving this world and not being here anymore. And it's much different than the heart attack or the stroke or the action that just completely, it's the flipping of a light switch. One day they're here and one day they're not like my wife's mother just had a heart attack and that was it. And at that time, you know, you don't have the ability to pre-plan and look at everything and it's just done. And so because you don't know how you're going to go, I think you always have to look at it as if you're anticipating not being here at some point. And so to go through that checklist and have everything in the place where everybody can find it when you're not here, it just makes sense. I think the point of this conversation isn't at all to be morbid. We've all dealt with loss. I think there are two sides of the equation, right? There is the preparing for, and there's the dealing with. And so what we're talking about right now is, is the preparing for. And one of the things that I hear probably most often 
from clients who are in or nearing retirement is the idea that, and in a lot of cases, the context for it is talking about long-term care. But in reality, none of us want to feel like we're going to be a burden on our kids or on our family members. And we know that by the time most of us are having this conversation, in a lot of cases, we've been the beneficiary of an estate or the administrator of an estate. And we know what a pain it can be and how difficult it can be to deal with all the administrative things in addition to all the emotional stuff. And so I think a lot of this is the conversation is whether you know or not when it's going to happen. Death has a 100% success rate. And so what we're looking at here is how do we organize things and kind of get things together in such a way that frankly benefits us while we're here just having all your stuff in one place and organized, knowing what's going on is a benefit to you while you're here. But also it is certainly a big relief for family members when something does happen to us. So a lot of this is just on the pre side is just about kind of getting the information together to make sure that when the time comes, everything is in a place where it's easy to administer. Frankly, I'm a big believer that it's easier to administer for ourselves while we're here, when we have everything organized and together. John, what are your thoughts on that? Unfortunately, in our business, we experience loss of loved ones in our clients' lives all the time. It's just something that happens and we have to work through. And so we have a lot of experience in dealing with that and helping people deal with it. And the more prepared you are ahead of time, the better off your heirs will be when you're not here to direct them or give them instructions. So it just makes sense. And one of the things that we've talked about in previous episodes is one person is typically the CFO of the relationship. And so going through that and making sure that the CFO, the one that handles the budget and everything is talking, communicating to the other one, letting them know what's going on, that can help. And then, you know, I've seen it before when someone passes suddenly because they're here one minute and the next they're not. There is that the suddenness of the event may cause or create a, a false sense of urgency. You know, it happens so quickly. So now I have to move very quickly to get everything done and work through all this. And it's just not the case. It can seem like that. It can feel like that. The best advice that we can give to people in that situation is to pause, utilize your support system, which we've talked about extensively on these shows, and then just Remember, you don't have to do everything all at once. Check the items off the list one at a time. It's the small little achievable goals, little bits at a time can make things feel less overwhelming. And that's one of the things I see when our clients come to us with issues and some advice that we can give that I think has helped others. What's some advice you've given some of your clients that you think has helped? I think that to your point, the first one is don't hurry. Loss is an emotional thing. And it's traumatic. It doesn't matter if you knew it was coming or not. It is a traumatic thing. And so my first advice is delay any major financial decisions. If you don't have to make the decision right now, and really that's probably applicable to don't make any major life decisions because you're not in your normal state. So in addition to don't feel like you're in a hurry, it's not the right time to make big decisions. Now I'm going to retire. Now I'm going to move. I'm going to big changes. Kind of just take a breath. 
I think that another thing is just assembling your team. You talked about your support system. We've talked before about the importance of having your financial team, an advisor, an attorney, your accountant, maybe an insurance agent, and bringing those people together and letting them have a conversation with you and for you just to kind of get everybody on the same page and utilize some of those resources that you've always leaned on, bring them in together, get good advice. And and one of the other things I would say is don't be afraid to, while we talked about the major financial decisions, kind of delaying those, don't be afraid to take care of the immediate necessities. So there are different categories that needs and expenses and things like that fall into. And so balancing those, I think, is really important. I think you made a great point, John, about when it's sudden, you can have that sense of urgency that can all of a sudden feel like you're Jack Bauer in 24. You know, everything's happening all at one time, and you feel this kind of panicked rush that a sudden traumatic event will give you, and you feel like you have to do everything at 100 miles an hour. I think that slowing down, take a deep breath, involve your people, whoever those people are, and segmenting things I have to do right now from things I can wait and decide on and deal with later makes a big, big difference. So, John, we've touched on some of the financial stuff. Another thing that you had done some research on was kind of some grief studies. And and we've all heard of the five stages of grief. Tell me a little bit more about how that applies here. Losing a loved one can often result in changes in personality, changes in moods, changes in appetite, changes in your life. And so there are obviously organizations that look at that. And one of the ones that I looked at, WebMD, which is a website that everybody's pretty familiar with. If you want to go self-diagnose your foot or something and get some horrible result, this was actually a good survey that they did a few years back. And they surveyed U.S. households that had experienced a grief event in the last three years to see what their initial responses were and how they recovered from that traumatic event over time. And the top three survey responses to the question of what was the cause of your grief, a third of the people said it was a serious illness either for themselves or for a family member. A third said it was the death of a family member or a close friend. And then surprisingly enough, 20% said the death of a pet was the cause of grief and it was a very traumatic Experience. And I guess that just tells you how far our pets have come in our lives. They've moved out of the backyard into the house and we take care of them sometimes like a child. So I get it, right? Grief can come about in in several ways, but you can have physical symptoms in addition to the emotional. And you're talking about sadness, depression, anger, fatigue, change in appetite, guilt. And so it's a complicated array of emotions that occur after a traumatic event. And I think what WebMD wanted to do is help people figure out how to cope and give them a sense of what helps and what hurts. So I'll ask you the question, Chip. Many believe, quote unquote, there is a right way and a wrong way to grieve. And most people think that they are doing it wrong. How do you feel about grief? Is there a right way or a wrong way to do it? Yeah, the right way is like anything else. The right way is the way I do it. And the wrong way is anything other than that. (laughs) So, And I think we're all kind of that way, right? We just expect that everybody is going to handle things 
the way that we do. But I think that there's a big difference a lot of times between kind of expectations and reality. And, and I think that anytime, again, I want to point to something that you said earlier that I thought was just spot on, which is a traumatic event of any kind, but death of a loved one can change you. It doesn't matter if it's a parent or a child. There are all kinds of things that I've seen folks go through and deal with from the pain to, in some cases, honestly, the relief uh, if a loved one has suffered for a long time. And so there's a lot that can go into that. And I think that it's important to point out that, you know, a lot of times people just want you to move on, get over it, but it's not really something that it, it just doesn't work that way. You mentioned that study, you know, two thirds of the respondents in that felt like they were expected to recover in three months. Again, I don't know about you, John, but when my dad passed away, and at times we didn't have the greatest relationship. You and I have had that conversation before. I've heard grief talked about like waves, like you don't know when they're coming. They just come. So almost everybody even in that survey talked about being expected or feeling expected to recover within a year. So there's just no way to know. And I think that much like your financial plan, how you deal with any of these kinds of financial situations needs to be unique and you need to deal with it both in your emotional life and your financial and kind of planning life. You need to treat it that way. What about you, John? I think you just need to remember that the journey is yours and your own and no one else's. And sometimes you just have to let go of what you think your friends and loved ones expect you to do and just be yourself, take your time, go through it at your own pace, and just know that your friends and family are going to support you no matter what. And I think it's just maybe a false sense that we think people expect us to move on and move on quickly. I don't know that that's actually true or not, but I think it's easy to feel that way. And so maybe if you're feeling that way, take a step back and just remember it's your own journey and you can take as much time as you want. And like you said, I think it's very true that it does come in waves and some days are great, other days are not, and you just don't know which one is which, but you try to wake up every day and go about your business and get things done. Some of the coping mechanisms that we have on the positive side, after the loss of a loved one or a traumatic experience like that, we're more likely to want to spend time with others. Being alone is kind of being alone with your thoughts. It's not necessarily what people want. A lot of people found comfort in work. They wanted to focus on their work. And then they also found comfort in religion or spiritual practices, which I don't think surprises anybody. And then sometimes with on the negative side and something that friends and family and the support group can help out with is, you know, we'll cope by isolating ourselves from others, staying alone, maybe eating or drinking more than we would normally do, kind of a self-medicating habit. And so... That's something that if you're a friend or a support group or helping someone through a tough time, those are things to watch for and things to help. But Chip, how do you usually help somebody? If you see somebody or know somebody's grieving, what are the things that you've done in the past that you think have helped the most? Well, I think that first, you mentioned earlier about isolation and getting into our own heads. And I heard a quote one time that said that your mind is like a dark alley. It's not somewhere you want to stay by yourself for very long. It's a dangerous place. And I think that isolation is the opposite of how over time, it's probably how we feel, but it's also 
one of the more dangerous things because of all those self-medicating things. I think it's important to, and I'm going to come back and answer your question about how to support somebody, but while it's not the physical loss of a person necessarily for a lot of us, you know, over the last year, we've seen an extreme sense of a loss. So we've had a loss of a way of life Mm -hmm. for almost a year, and there have been huge tolls on people, on families, as a result of all that. And so for anybody who's listening, you've got something to anchor that too, because we've all had feelings. And again, they've kind of, for me at least, they've come in waves. But when it comes to helping people, John, who are going through this, I think it's really awkward. It's usually really hard to figure out the best way to deal with it. I'm leaving tomorrow to go to a funeral for a client's daughter, who's about the the age of my oldest son, who passed away in a car wreck. And what do you say? There are no words in a lot of cases. And so for me, my go-to is you just show up. You just show up and you're just there so that when that person goes through their process, they know that they're not doing it alone. And I'm one who in these moments will say, I don't know what to say right now, but I'm here. And That's what the old Tracy Lawrence song, you find out who your friends are. There's a lot of truth in, you know, when you're going through tough times, and again, loss is definitely one of those, just showing up means a lot. The people who just showed up when my dad died, it just means a lot. And then you can help out little things. People aren't going to ask you. If you say things like, if you ever need anything, call me, nobody's going to call you. We all know how that goes. Find something specific if you want to that you can help with and just do it. Say, this is what I'm going to do to help you. And people are typically very grateful for that. You can listen. You can empathize and share your own stories about how things have affected you. Because in a lot of cases, particularly in the moment, people don't know how to articulate what they're feeling. And so if you have been through a situation and had time to process it, maybe you've got something meaningful to add. Now, John, as we begin to wrap things up, are there any other suggestions that you'd have, either financial or emotional, for people who are dealing with loss or who are close to someone who is? One of the things we do as financial planners is we're fixers. You know, people come to us with problems and it's our job to offer a solution. And I think in this case, in the case of loss, you just have to remember There is no immediate fix. This is not something that I can just give them an answer or share a story or say something and have it all be better like we would normally do. Because I think in a lot of our jobs, when we go to work, we're expected to fix things and make things right. And sometimes that's kind of an easy thing to fall back on because it's something we're used to, but it's not necessarily the most helpful. So I, I do really appreciate your advice about just showing up, helping out, listening, letting them talk. And then you can certainly share your own stories, but just remember that that you're not going to fix anything immediately. It's just something you have to be careful of. I had a client not long ago, and I'll extend this to our listeners, who was dealing with a tough time. It wasn't death. It was another situation. And he called me and he said, you know, you told me if I ever needed somebody to talk to and I just needed to complain, (laughs) you would listen. And I said, yep, that is definitely true. And sometimes that's really all you need. And so if you're listening and you run into a situation, you're welcome to 
look up John, look up me. We're happy to empathize and listen, offer any suggestions that we have. If you are thinking about, you know, if this just prompted in you a feeling that I wouldn't want my family to be in a weird place or something were to happen to me and my stuff's kind of all strewn all over the place, it'd be a real mess for somebody to keep up with it. Let one of us know or reach out to your advisor and see if they have some sort of organizer. We do that will help you kind of organize and pull everything together. John, I appreciate you being here, man. Let's do it again next week. Next week it is. Here we have it. Another great episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, here are four ways that we can help. First, complete the retirement success scorecard to discover whether or not you're on track to a successful retirement on your terms. You can find this at signaturewealth.com scorecard. Second, get a complimentary copy of my book, The Retirement Remix. Whether you're interested in real life retirement stories and inspiration from others like you, or you want to learn more about Medicare and Social Security, it's all in there. Go to theretirementremix.com to grab your copy. Third, listen in on bi-weekly office hours with our team. We host live virtual office hours to share new investment and planning information and answer your money, markets, and retirement questions. Find the details to join us at signaturewealth.com slash office hours. And fourth, schedule a complimentary strategy call with one of our advisors to make sure you're on track toward your ideal retirement. Go to signaturewealth.com and select the Signature Wealth office closest to you. We'll be back here next week for more on the Retirement Remix. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode.